fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hold on, I got to adjust my camera here. I ended up unplugging my camera for the live stream and now I got to get everything all readjusted again. Got to get the right frame. I got to look pretty today for the program. I did my hair and everything. <laughs> so gonna go. Hey, welcome into the show. It is a Thursday, the pre-Friday celebration broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country, multiple radio stations, multiple TV stations, live streaming, podcasting, doesn't matter where you're at watching or listening, we appreciate you, your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. So I, in the previous hour, I had filled in for Mark Walters on the Great Armed American Radio National Broadcast talking about Second Amendment stuff, and while I was doing it, we had a little bit different setup in the in the equipment, and I ended up accidentally unplugging, unplugging my camera. And I just had a few minutes at the top of the hour to transition from his show to my show which is fine, but then I had to mix everything up, and now everything's just kind of weird. So I think I got it back. We're good. I know the vanity of the Libra coming out in me, trying to look all pretty. I will say, though, I'm not as bad as some of those elected officials who think they're just awesome celebrities now. Can we be honest? We have some weird celebrities that just think that they're now elected officials going to change the world. As we see pictures coming out of the southern border right now, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the great fearless leader of the left-wing progressives. I am told this is a garbage disposal. <laughs> yeah, that one. So I don't know if you've noticed. Have you seen these pictures? They are the biggest absurd photo ops I've ever seen in my entire life. They tried to stage these photos at the border trying to show how upset she really is with what's going on in Texas right now. You can find them on foxnews.com and you can see these. The headline for this story is Cruz mocks Ocasio-Cortez in Senate floor speech challenging Dems to, quote, go see the Biden cages. So apparently Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez went to the southern border to try and see what's going on. Now, she didn't go to the overflow 7,000 percent max capacity ones that she went to during Trump's reign, where she said that people were drinking out of toilets and that people were just living in inhumane conditions. She didn't go there. Ironically, I don't think she's even allowed in there right now because the Democrats don't want her to see it because then she might actually make them look bad, too. What she did do, however, was go to a chain link fence and they it's the weirdest ops. This is not like the typical elected official taking snapshots of the, you know, the kissing babies and giving great speech kind of thing, shaking hands with the right people and smiling pretty. This is not like that. I've told you before that if I wasn't in radio and I wanted to stay in politics, I totally would have been a campaign manager to do that. The, the photo ops and the, the messaging and how to reach the certain people based on who you're trying to speak to. I love the internal politics there. This is not that. This is like I'm totally like a Brad Pitt, Megan Fox celebrity where they just, you know, Kim Kardashian, where they travel around with me with photos and videos making me look really, really good. Where she decked it out. She was in a full white like button up shirt and jeans or pants or whatever they were. I don't know if they were like blue jeans or not, but they were white. And they had these close-ups 
to where she's looking in the camera and they timed it where the wind is blowing her hair up in the air and they snapped this photo of her with this distraught look on her face. They took a photo down from the ground, shooting up with the angle with her with her hands covering her face as she's crying with an ICE agent's vehicle driving by the chain-linked fence. We have a photo of her kneeling down and her hand on her knees and her face just crying because they're making this so dramatic. At the, this isn't about the politics. She's making an absurd, weird, I've never seen this before. This is taking the rich and elite status that she she's at now with the, you know, I don't know, the nationwide fascination of her weirdness uh, to a whole nother level of not even looking like an elected official anymore, literally looking like some weird celebrity thinking that she's trying to make a statement here. I've never seen this before. And the left-wing progressives are sharing this left and right because they think that she is the most compassionate left-wing progressive out there because she's so concerned at the border. Now, she won't go again to the actual facilities that are still at seven to 9,000% capacity with COVID running rampant, with all these kids locked up in the cages and people crammed into tight little spaces. She's not going there. She's going to the fence and taking photo ops of her looking distraught so that way she can put it on her social media with a nice little photo op like the celebrity that she actually is. It's weird to me. I've never seen this before. Taking the uh, the status that she has to an entirely new level. Hey, programming note to you. We don't have a guest today. Just you and I chit in the chat. I do want to talk about a lot of stuff, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on AOC because she's kind of low-hanging fruit that's just really fun to pick on. But we do have a lot to get to. Democrats are trying to limit the power <laughs> I got to say this with a straight face. Democrats are working to try and to limit the power of the executive branch to get back to constitutional separation of powers at the federal level. Yeah, I know. I know. So we'll talk about that here in just a second. But word of programming to you, you know his name quite a bit. We have him on the show about once a month, our congressman from the 5th District of Ohio, Congressman Bob Latta. Uh, news broke yesterday that he is the second breakthrough case in the entire Congress with being confirmed with COVID-19 just yesterday. Uh, I have reached out to his uh, his office and let them know our thoughts and prayers. Hope everything's going well. They responded back to me last late last night and said that he's doing well so far. He's not showing any symptoms. All he's doing is quarantining at home and just writing the thing out. But it seems like he's in good spirits. He's doing well and he's healthy. So all is well there. We're glad. Hopefully it stays that way. But he is the second confirmed to breakthrough case in Congress right now and is sitting at home, which it's a little scary. I don't know how old he is. He's been in uh, Washington, D.C. for a while now, so hopefully he doesn't have any adverse reaction with just being a little bit on that older scale. But uh, thoughts and prayers to him and the family. Hope things are going well. But the breakthrough case is kind of an intriguing one. This comes right on the heels. I swear, the the Fauci's, the CDC's, the FDA's, the pro-vaxxer Nazis, and I'm not saying all people vaccinated are Nazis. I'm saying the ones saying that all the unvaccinated should either like not get health care or need to be forced to get the vaccine in some way, shape, or form with that brute force of power, you're vaccine Nazis, and let's just admit it. Just accept who you are. The first thing to admitting and moving forward is to admit and to accept, and then we can move forward with an understanding of a basic commonality here. If you're trying to force others, then that's just a whole other level there. But they need to start accepting the fact that we have more and more breakthrough cases happening right now, is according to RollCall.com, breakthrough COVID-19 cases are expected to become more common in the coming months, as experts blame the Delta variant's rise in the declining efficiency of the vaccines, but more infectious and more infections uh, among the vaccinated will be mild. So even though you're not getting a whole lot more symptoms, for the most part, 
you're still getting the virus. You're still spreading the virus. So the whole you're killing people because you're not caring about others in the general public is a load of crap. Everybody knows it because if you even if you get the vaccine and you have it in your system, you can still spread it just like any unvaccinated individual. So they have to start reworking their talking points just a little bit. But they refuse to. And they're starting to get called out on it. Congressman Tom Massey made a statement just a couple days ago calling out Fauci and the CDC on that issue, saying that they're completely ignoring those individuals that have gotten COVID, that have survived COVID, obviously, and that have a natural immunity that all the health experts are admitting is just as effective as the vaccines, but they don't want that narrative to get out because... They want everybody to get the vaccine, which, by the way, they also say in these studies that once you get the natural immunity, the the vaccine wouldn't do anything for you in any way, shape or form. That's not what we're hearing from the health officials. This is what he had to say. He had tip to Fox News on this one. One of the biggest scandals during this whole pandemic is the cover up that's been committed by Fauci and the CDC, especially the CDC, about the effectiveness of immunity that's conferred after a natural infection, after you recover from that. They've completely ignored that. They want everybody to get vaccinated, even those who don't need vaccinated. And the science, if you follow the science on this, the Moderna trial showed there was no benefit of the vaccine to those who recovered from infection. The Pfizer trial showed there was no benefit to those who had recovered from infection from the vaccine. A recent study with 52,000 people at the Cleveland Clinic 1,300 plus of whom did not receive the vaccine but had prior infection showed that none of them got reinfected symptomatically. And then if you want to compare the efficacy of... Can we stop right there real quick? There's about another minute of the clip here. Can we stop there for a second? That goes against the entire narrative that we've heard. Because while they push this mandated vaccine garbage across the nation right now, trying to force the private businesses to try and vaccinate all their employees above 100 employees, trying to force everybody to do this, trying to cut off funding from certain organizations or different uh, nursing homes and and uh, that sort of thing, retirement homes with their Medicare and Medicaid funding, if you don't force everyone to get vaccinated, that goes against the entire narrative. If you've already had the virus, this study of 52,000 people from this clinic, from this Cleveland clinic, 52,000, over 1,500 of them already having vaccinated shows that there's nothing. It does nothing for you if if you've already had the immunity. And with the immunity that you've had, they have not gotten reinfected. I thought I've heard stories for the last six months that if you've gotten infected, you could get infected again unless you get the vaccine. Isn't that what we've heard? Now, I know science changes. I know that we evolve. I know that we learn more things, but that's what we've heard. We've told people, oh, you can still get it again. It doesn't last very long. It lasts like maybe a month or two. Still got to get the vaccine. Now we're finding out from one of the biggest studies so far on this issue that if you've got natural immunity, you don't need the vaccine. If you have natural immunity already from surviving COVID, that the vaccine doesn't do anything for you. And if you have natural immunity from already having COVID, then it's really, really, really unlikely that you can get reinfected from this thing. But yet, I haven't heard Fauci say that at all. Have you? Have you yet? Immunity from recovering from COVID to that of the vaccine, the biggest study out there, is the whole country of Israel. Tel Aviv University, six million participants in this study, six million data points. And it showed there's virtually no difference. Actually, it showed a little bit, but probably not statistically 
uh, significant. A little bit better immunity from natural infection. And before you all report this, I'm not saying go out and get the, the virus instead of getting the vaccine. The vaccine can save lives, it's certain. But there's no need, the science shows this, there's no need to get the vaccine if you've already recovered from COVID. And, and there's no need to expose yourself to that danger. The CDC knows this. They admitted to me on a recorded phone call that I'll be glad to give you that they knew they were misreporting the results of the Pfizer data. There it is. On a recorded conversation, yeah, they're misleading everybody. They know the data. They know the vaccine doesn't work for people already infected, which is a large portion of the nation, because obviously for the last year we had to go through this stuff. It's an airborne virus, so it's not going anywhere. And yet there's not pushing this narrative that you don't need the vaccine if you've already gotten the virus. You don't need the vaccine if you've already survived this thing. It's not going to help you in any way, shape, or form. Natural immunity is not being included into the herd immunity conversation, according to the CDC, even on their own website. They have taken out the discussion of natural immunity as part of the herd immunity for society to say that we can actually move forward and call this thing all done and just start to live with it on a normal basis. It's mass control. And I've already said this before. I know people are tired of hearing about COVID. And I'm not going to spend the whole show on COVID, but it was perfect as we see the second breakthrough case in Congress with Congressman Bob Latta, our friend here on the program, and best wishes to him, and we'll get him on the show. Actually, we chat with him next week, so we'll see if he does that from home or if they reschedule that one. Uh, we'll get him on the program there, but uh, best to him. Breakthrough cases happening more, the vaccine being less efficient on those things. You don't need it if you've already been infected by the viruses, but yet we're not hearing a single bit of this in the mainstream media because, by golly, force you to get that vaccine or you are part of the problem in society. What a weird day. Lots more coming up. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, 
catch our special features and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you're 24 minutes past the hour, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Just to kind of wrap up the COVID conversation for the day, because I know people are sick and tired of hearing that one. You're like, Andy, I get it. But just to wrap that one up, so as we see more breakthrough cases, I'd like to refer to other nations as an example. I mean, shouldn't we learn about what everybody's doing, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work? Vaccine, non-vaccine, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, natural, whatever you feel like doing, whatever your flavor is that you want to try and battle this thing with, what are other nations doing? And I'm going to sound really strange right now. Maybe we should look towards Sweden in order to get their ideas for what they've done. I, I, I I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Andy, wait a second. You're looking to sew those Nordic regions up there and what Sweden and Norway and Denmark and those guys are doing up there. And not what like Bernie Sanders and AOC does with trying to look at them and be like, oh, look, it's a great socialist utopia and we need to mirror them. And that's not what I'm saying, number one. But what I am saying is that there's a doctor there. He is the head of the he's the uh, head epidemiologist for the country of Sweden. And a year ago, when the pandemic kind of broke. He refused to do mask mandates. He refused to actually put in social distancing mandates. He refused to do the lockdown stuff. He didn't do any of that. And he was on a program called Unheard, trying to break away from the herd mentality. Kind of a cool podcast, cool show called Unheard. And he was on it a year ago and said, watch and let's talk again in a year from now. When he refused to shut the country down, refused to un, uh, refused to mask up, refused to do the social distancing, refused to do all that stuff because he wanted a free nation, now free in the terms that they have over there where you have really high tax rates and a really big safety net, quote unquote, and social programs and stuff. So as free as you could possibly be in, in Sweden. But when it comes to health issues, they didn't lock the country down. And so he went back on just, I don't know, a couple days ago to do his year recap on what actually worked. And while he does push for the COVID-19 vaccine, it says it's a completely different environment now, now than what it was just a year ago because we have the vaccine and how they have really high vaccination rates and he's really pushing that. Okay, fine. He also says something that's kind of interesting here that we need to accept here. Now, it's something that all health departments know. It's what the World Health Organization knows. It's what the FDA knows. It's what the CDC knows. It's what the state health departments all over the nation know. But it's not what they're talking about. Because they still live under, the, live under this crazy warped mindset that we can eradicate an airborne virus. Which isn't going to happen because it's like the flu now. It's going to be there all the time. It's always going to be there. But yet they're still saying if we just get this herd immunity by 100%, 90% of people vaccinated, we'll eradicate this thing. We'll get back to normal. We'll start doing like six-month booster shots on it. We'll do yearly rounds of the booster shots. It'll be great, just like the flu shot, and then we'll just live our life as long as we continuously get injected around. And while he promotes the vaccine, he also says this. I think we try to argue that from fairly early on that this is the disease we have to learn to live with. And you are definitely right. More and more countries are taking that position because even with a fantastic vaccine, the way we have it, uh, we can we can control it, but we cannot eradicate it. Uh, and I think that's the difference we need to understand and, and live with. And and then we need to look at it in a different way. We have to, have to accept, I think, a certain level of spread in the society. We probably have to accept there's going to be a few cases in our hospitals with COVID-19 in 
foreseeable future, just like we are accepting a few cases of flu or a few cases of many diseases uh, that we cannot control completely. So if you didn't understand that and kind of weird audio there, that was Anders Tegnell, the epidemiologist for the country of Sweden. We have to come to the conclusion and accept the fact that we have to learn to live with the virus. We cannot eradicate it. It's always going to be there. We have to accept that it will be there as an airborne virus like the flu and everything else, which means we also have to accept that it's a new norm, that there's going to be some form of level of hospitalizations and illness like we do every year with people getting extremely sick with the flu and getting sick with other viruses. It's another one where we're going to have to accept the fact that it's here. It's not going away. And there will always be a level of hospitalization or sickness from this, even with the massive rates of vaccination that we're going to see, because it's an airborne virus that's here to stay. And until we come to that acceptance, then there's going to be no longer trying to spray each other down with Lysol every five seconds to try and stay healthy from this stupid thing. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. Your millennial general rocking it today on the program. No guest today. Will Witt, he was supposed to uh, join us today on his new book on how to help influence your opponents during a political debate. Or actually learning about proper ways to debate or proper ways to dialogue. Kind of a fun conversation. He's actually on a plane traveling, wasn't able to join today, so we have him rescheduled for next week, I believe. We'll get him on. Well, I'm super looking forward to it because if you've noticed, we've kind of lost the art of dialoguing and debating. And yes, it is an art. I took debate class. Uh, my high school was kind of fun in Colorado. Ended up doing a speech class or a speech competition. They had the speech team where you could do acting you could do a debate. You could do all these different things. And it was really to train you for stage theater and that sort of stuff. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I did debate. And I did it my own. The only year that I did it was my senior year of high school. And I ended up getting 10th in the state of Colorado for one-on-one value debate, which I loved. I loved. Now, every state has their own like weird different types of debating. And I've judged a few different competitions here in Kansas, where, I'm, where I hail from with our flagship which is really neat too, but no one really does the one-on-one value debate like they did in Colorado because what you would do is you would sit down in a room, no clue what the topic was, and everybody at the competition from the 20 different schools that were showing up at this big competition for the week, they would show up and everybody doing the one-on-one value debate would go into this room and yet no clue what the topic was. 
they would give you a slip of paper with the topic. You couldn't do any research. You couldn't look up any stuff. You couldn't do anything. And you would have a piece of paper and you would come up with your arguments in 30 minutes. You would come up with your arguments for the pro side and the con side. Just off of the top of your head. No research, no understanding. Just here's the topic. Go 30 minutes to do your prep on either side. Then they would match you up. They'd take you into a separate room with a judge or two. They would flip a coin and they would say, you debate this side, you debate this side, go. And I loved it. Professional, legitimate, structured debate. We don't do that anymore. So we're going to talk with Will Witt sometime next week. And we'll talk about ways where we can maybe get that type of dialogue, that type of debate back for individuals. Rather than the nasty, vile social media things of just, you're an idiot, you're a racist, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Oh, I lost the debate. Well, I don't like you because you're stupid and you're you're white or because you're a racist or whatever other garbage that they try to put out there. Actually trying to work on influencing your opponent. Win them over and make them understand at least what's coming from your side of the aisle. So we'll talk with Will uh, coming up next, uh, next week sometime on the show. I want to shift away from COVID, though. I'm sick and tired of talking about that one. Here's something interesting for you as the latest in what's trending here, according to MSN at least. What's trending today? Headline from MSN.com today. Joe Biden in the White House leans toward releasing information about Trump in the January 6th attack. That's their words, not mine. Setting off a legal and political showdown. Joe Biden, this is, what? what is it today? Today is September 23rd. We are over eight months after the incident. They say this incident, it was a mostly peaceful protest. Can we call it that, please? A mostly peaceful protest on January 6th. We've had most, according to the media, we've had mostly peaceful protests coming from Black Lives Matter and Antifa, where they've taken over squares of downtown. They've burnt down police stations. They've held hostage an entire city. They've assaulted people in the street and killed them in the street by beating them to death. They've burnt people's uh, buildings down and stores down and inventory down for their small business. And they were considered mostly peaceful because most people were there peacefully. It was just a few radicals that just mixed in there that caused some havoc, but it was mostly peaceful. But then January 6th, we had 200,000 people at a rally for Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. You had 100 people out of that 200,000 break into the Capitol, and it was an attack, an assault, and it was the Donald Trump staged event trying to override the election results. Give me a break. Give me a break. So Biden now threatening to lean towards releasing information about Trump in this, where they're saying, according to MSN.com, the White House leaning towards releasing information to Congress about what Donald Trump and his aides were doing during the January 6th attack. That's going to be a short release because as far as I know that he was aware of doing that, he's talked about what he was doing was that they were getting back from the rally. They heard about the protests. They were busy with doing other things, you know, presidency that they were doing. And then they made a video saying, wait a second, calm down, back off a little bit. It's not going to do anything. We're fighting it on our end on the political front. Back off and go home. And they made that video. If you remember before they locked down Trump because, oh, he didn't do bad. He didn't do enough. He told people to go home on his Tweety account. And then they went home and disseminated after that, but he didn't do enough. So they're supposed to release some information. So this got me thinking today when I saw this headline, okay, they're going to release this. They're trying to get everybody riled up about Donald Trump because that's the go-to when Joe Biden has done something stupid or something dangerous, they go back to Donald Trump and have to bring back his story. So what are they trying to hide from right now? What are they trying to do? What are they trying to deceive us with or distract us with with this ridiculous release of information from January 6th? And you know that MSNBC and CNN and 
every other ridiculous news organization out there is going to be focused on what's Biden got that's going to be released for about January 6th and about Trump. Trump obviously trying to fight it on the legal side that he's using, quote, executive privilege, which is the power of the presidency to block information requests from the House Selection Committee investigating the events. And every president's used that executive privilege of, you know what, it's eyes only for the executive branch. You can't relay that onto the public. You can't relay that onto Congress for military or national security reasons or whatever else. So now they're in this legal gridlock. I don't really care. Not the point of the story. What are they trying to distract you from that intrigues me more? And I think we got our answer when there was a hearing with Senator Rand Paul and with our Secretary of State, U.S. Secretary of State Blinken, which I can't get over the fact that his name's Blinken because if you've seen the movie Robin, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Hey, Blinken. Did you say A. Blinken? No, I say A. Blinken. I said Hey, Blinken. I'm going to play that every single time that Blinken gets in the news and we have to report on him. <laughs> if you've never seen that, it's cheesy. It's a Mel Brooks movie. Go watch it because it's hilarious. Nonetheless. Uh, Blinken was under investigation with the Senate doing a committee hearing. Rand Paul went after him for the Afghanistan issues, asking him some questions. And now, are you aware that now that we've pulled out from Afghanistan, we've given the terrorists, we've given ISIS, we've given the Taliban reign of over Afghanistan. Now they're running the government now. And we pulled out because we lost the 20-year war after spending a trillion to $2 trillion in Afghanistan alone not to mention Iraq and all the other places that we were, that we're now sending them nearly $40 billion in aid to the Taliban government. Are you aware of this? Hey, terrorists, here's the tanks, here's the armored vehicles, here's the weapons, here's all of our information, here's the base that we set up, here's all these goodies. Here's all the natural resources that we could have been mining that we didn't mine because it's not our country and we actually had some type of civility there. Here's all this stuff. We're going to leave. Let you take over. Let you continue to hate us. Let you kill our people. Let you kill our aides. Let you kill the women. Let you kill everybody going back to Sharia law. And then we're going to give you $40 billion. Rand Paul questioned Blinken. Hey, Blinken. Did you say A. Blinken? No, I say A. Blinken. I said, hey, Blinken. On this issue. That insult to injury... This week, you've now released $64 million in aid to Afghanistan. Don't we have some prohibition against giving aid and comfort to the enemy? Now, the argument from the Biden administration is, oh, we're giving it to charities, and it's for the good of the people, for poor people, and for women. Well, the Taliban has a history of taking this. Throughout their governance, they would take the money. This was a big complaint we had when they were in power the last time. They now have $80 billion worth of weapons, 350,000 automatic weapons. Do we really, are we really naive enough to believe that we're just going to keep sending charity to Afghanistan and they're not going to interrupt it? I think that's a foolish notion. The 64 million, though, is the tip of the iceberg. There's still about $10 billion out there that was designated for the Afghan government. Can you pledge today without equivocation that the Biden administration will not release any of this money to the Taliban? Uh, absent the Taliban making good on the uh, commitments and expectations of the uh, international community that I've outlined uh, previously, that's correct. Maybe we could deduct a fee for the weapons they took. So, uh, Senator, uh, on the uh, on the weapons, again, I'll defer to my, my colleagues at the Pentagon this. who are more expert. Yeah, well done. Uh, you're right that about uh, $80 billion worth of weaponry has been provided over the course of the last 15 or 16 years. Uh, much of that, uh, the, the significant weaponry, planes, helicopters, is actually inoperable, will soon become inoperable because it can't be maintained. 
in terms of the strategic threat that that weapon reposes, uh, it doesn't to us or to Afghanistan. All right, so let me get this straight. First off, they just kind of write off, oh, you know, a lot of it's going to go out and it doesn't have any maintenance. A lot of it's kind of broken, so we just kind of left it there. But uh, $10 billion that we're set to pay the Taliban government, $60 million that we're set to pay, uh, was that is that what it was, $60 million that we're set to pay them uh, through these charity organizations the Taliban government's actually going to take. Can you imagine aiding and abetting terrorists. Now, we're set to give them $10 billion if they play nice and they're nice to us as a terrorist organization who has been a threat to America that we've been at war at for the last 20 years, aiding and abetting the enemy. We are giving this new government $10 billion, and as long as they play nice and they do what they're supposed to do, then we're still going to release this money. And obviously, they're going to try and play nice to get that money. And Rand Paul said... Unequivocally, can you say that we're not going to hand over this cash to the Taliban government? Because why the hell would we give the Taliban government money? Again, just a little snippet of things going on in Washington, D.C. that they don't want you to hear about. While you should be really upset about January 6th and Joe Biden releasing this information about what Trump did during the mostly peaceful protest on January 6th of 2021 at the Capitol. $10 billion to the government of the Taliban, a terrorist organization that despises America and that we've been at war at with 20, for the last 20 years, and we're just going to give them money because they're playing nice with the international community. Oh, there's more. Oh, there's more. The drone ended up killing some children, ended up killing the wrong guys. Oops, our bad. We meant to kill some ISIS-K members and terrorists. We ended up killing some allies to us that were families that helped us out throughout this entire war and tried to give us aid. We killed that entire family, including their children. Our bad. Have some information on that one as well. We'll play that when we come back from the break. Wrapping up the show today, it's a pre-Friday celebration. I'm telling you, the distractions are getting pathetic because they're running out of distractions, because they're running out of things to try and be mad at with Donald Trump that they haven't already gone to. That well is dry. Now they got to face their own demons. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. 
Nation, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I'm trying to wrap my head around what we're trying to do here. We're trying to distract everybody thinking you're too stupid to know what's going on in the world today because we want to remember back eight eight months ago. Already, this is kind of like, you know, the Barack Obama era where it was all George W. Bush's fault. Now, for the first couple of years, it's all going to be Donald Trump's fault because we're just, you know, all about them. We can't talk about what's going on right now. And when you do talk about it, then you're evil and terrible. And how dare you just change the topic? Because you need to be talking about what happened eight months ago. While Joe Biden tries to release information about Trump during the January 6th, mostly peaceful protest that go went on in Washington, D.C., we have, I don't know, we have H.R. 4. That's a massive election centralization power grab uh, to try and make sure that no state is allowed to change their election laws to verify you before you actually go to the voting booth. They're trying to pass this $5 trillion in spending right now. They're trying to do all this other stuff, but that's more important right now. At the same time, we pulled out of Afghanistan in a horrible manner. We killed 13 soldiers. We've killed numerous of our allies, numerous of our interpreter, uh, interpreters, people that have worked with us for years over the last 20 years there. We left a billions of dollars worth of equipment over there. Well, now we're going to give them another $10 billion in aid as long as they do nice to the international community and they play nice. Then we have a drone attack that's getting a little bit of message, but Rand Paul talking with Secretary of State Blinken. Hey, Blinken, did you say A. Blinken? No, I say A. Blinken. I said, hey, Blinken. (laughs) That's going to get annoying after a while, but nonetheless, uh, while he's interviewing Secretary of State Blinken on the drone attack, this is what they had to say, trying again to just dismiss it, blow it off, kind of the Hillary Clinton style of, at what point does it really matter? The guy the Biden administration drone, was he an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? The administration is, of course, reviewing that, uh, that strike, uh, and I'm sure that a you know, full assessment will be, will be forthcoming. So you don't know if it was an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? Uh, I can't speak to that, and I can't speak to that in this setting in any event. So you don't know or won't tell us? Uh, I, don't, I don't know because we're, we're reviewing it. All right, let's stop right there for just a second. We sent a drone. We blew up a building and killed some people. And now we're doing an investigation to see whether it was an aid or whether it was a terrorist that we tried to kill. We don't know. An investigation's being done. How sad and pathetic is that? We don't know who we killed. Now, this is the scapegoat. Whenever there's an issue that they don't want to talk about, whenever there's an issue that they made a mistake, and this goes for both sides of the political aisle, this is just centralized government in general, whenever they made a mistake, when something happened that wasn't supposed to happen, or they intended it to happen, but it became public because it wasn't supposed to become public, when a situation like that happens, they can't just say, yes, we made a mistake, no, we didn't make a mistake, yes, this this, this happened and we're sorry, or we don't know or whatever, they always say it's under investigation. It's always the scapegoat. 
because they know the political general public has a short memory span. And while there's another crisis that's going to happen by next week or the next month or whatever else here relatively soon of a school shooting or the tax debate or abortion issues and another topic comes up, the immigration thing at the border, which is a whole nother mess as well, which they're trying to keep under bar right now and not talk about, except for when it's AOC's, you know, beautiful, nice little photo ops down there with their hair waving and her crouching down and crying and they find it shooting upward at an angle to make her look so dramatic. Uh, that's what they try to promote. So whenever they want people to forget about an issue, it's under investigation we're looking into it. I mean, that's what Jen Psaki's done throughout the entire White House press conferences, right? Hey, do you know how many people are coming up over the border? We don't know. It's under investigation. I'll ask them. I'll circle back around to you. I'll let you know later on because we don't, we probably have that information. Obviously, the federal government, they know these things. So either they're completely uh, incompetent of actually running the nation or they know damn well what they're doing. And they don't want you to know, because as long as they say they're investigating it long enough, eventually another big issue will distract us. We'll go see the shiny object and we'll forget all about it and never come back to it. Typical Washington, D.C. Did you drone somebody? Was it an ally or ISIS-K? I don't know what's under investigation. Well, see, you'd think you'd kind of know before you off somebody with a Predator drone, whether he's an aid worker or he's an ISIS case. See, the thing is, is this isn't just you. It's been going on for administration after administration. The Obama administration droned hundreds and hundreds of people. And the thing is, is there is blowback to that. I mean, I don't know if it's true, but I see these pictures of these beautiful children that were killed in the attack. If that's true, and not propaganda, if that's true, guess what? Maybe you've created hundreds or thousands of new potential terrorists from bombing the wrong people. So you got to know who you... We can't sort of have an investigation after we kill people. We have an investigation before we kill people. It's a wild concept, right? And he's right. You kill a family member. It's the typical vengeance story that you see in Hollywood all the time. You kill the father, you seek vengeance, you wait 18 years later till you're an adult, you go and seek the vengeance and you plot it out for your entire life and make it happen. Welcome to a new age of terrorism that we've created ourselves based on blowing the wrong people up. How stupid can you be? That does it for us today. Podcast going up in a little bit. Back at it tomorrow for a Friday to wrap up your week. Until then, be your own voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.